I was glad when they said to me, let's go to turn point. I couldn't get to the plane fast enough. My, my wife always uh, has this, she, she always questions me. I know none of you men have this deal going on, but just pray for me. My wife asks me all the time, Bobby, why do you have to go to the airport so early? I said, well, yeah, I didn't give it much thought, but, you know, when, you're, when you have an assignment, you're excited to execute. Hallelujah. I, I, I didn't give her that answer, but sounds good right now. She said, you go to the airport so early. I'm like, well, you have to expect the unexpected. You never know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. I don't want to be where God wants me to be late. I want to be, the, I want to be there on time. I, I don't want God to be saying, I'm trying to wait till you catch up, Bobby. I want to be I, I want to be there in step and in sync with what God's doing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, that's sermon number one. Exodus chapter number two, verse number ten. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And the church said, Amen. Father, thank you for what you're going to do in this 1130 service. Thank you that you're going to speak to us and that you have already spoken today uh, in the 9 o'clock service and that you will speak in this 1130 service. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that in this time of uh, just taking it easy, I pray that there would be uh, something that would stir our hearts here today. In the name of Jesus, I praise you for this church. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what this church is doing in the earth and its assignment and the execution of that assignment. Lord Jesus, I pray today that, Lord, the... Uh, that, Lord Jesus, that you would release today, that, uh, Lord, that there would be a quickening in our spirits today. In the name of Jesus, I praise you. I magnify you. Lord, I pray that the living word would preach the written word here today. In the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, let Rhema uh, come into our hearts uh, in Jesus' name. If you believe the Lord's going to do it, clap your hands one more time and give the Lord some praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Hallelujah. Come on and praise the Lord with everything you have. Hallelujah. God's going to release his rhema to us today. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, 
I love the Word of God. The Word of God is, um, the Word of God has, is quickening. The Word of God can find you right where you are. Have you ever been in a place where you needed something from the Lord? And then God, in the course of uh, your life, uh, it, it seemed like you was at the darkest time of your life. And it wasn't a song that got you out. It wasn't, you know, the beating of the drum or the nice playing on the instruments, but it was a word from the Lord. Uh, I don't, well, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one that has gone through what seemed to be the valley of the shadow of death. And God send a word to bring me out. Oh, hallelujah. And so I love the word of God. The Lord began to deal with me about this end time. And I was sitting at my house and I was sitting there on the couch. I was drinking some coffee. Uh, me and Jesus was having coffee together. Uh, I, well, he probably wasn't drinking coffee, but I was. And I was talking to the Lord about this end time because, um, you know, the word of God, uh, you know, prophecy, uh, there is prophecy in your Bible that is going to happen no matter what we say or what we do. We could go on and just do whatever we want to do, but there's prophecy in that Bible that is going to come to pass. Hallelujah. It's going to come to pass. He said not one jot or one tittle is going to pass away. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word will not pass away. It's going to take place. How many still believe that? God's word does not fail. Oh, hallelujah. God's word does not fail. If he was a healer yesterday, he's a healer today. If something, if he healed your body yesterday, I want you to know that the potential for you to be healed today is still here. Uh, God has never ran out of healing power. I wish I had somebody to believe that right now. I said, he's never ran out of healing power. He's never ran out of delivering power. He's never ran out of, 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 provi of provision. Uh, if, you, if he ever provided for you yesterday, he's going to provide for you today. And if he provides for you today, he'll provide for you tomorrow. Oh, somebody ought to get on your feet and praise the Lord about that right there. Oh, you ought to praise the Lord that his word never fails. His word never fails. His word never fails. His word never fails. If he delivered you yesterday, he'll deliver you today. And if he'll deliver you today, you'll be delivered tomorrow. Oh, praise God. He said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish whether to I have sent it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I, I would, uh, brothers and sisters, I would propose to you that uh, God's word is going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. 
it's going to come to pass. If he says evil men are going to work, uh, are going to wax worse and worse, then his word is not going to lie. And we see that evil men are waxing worse and worse. So uh, the word of God is forever settled. But my problem is I must find where I am at in that word. Where am I in that? I've got to figure out what is my place in that word so that when that prophecy that is in that book comes to pass, where am I at to help facilitate what God wants to do in the end time? hear me. Uh, uh, is this making any sense now? I don't want to just live randomly. I want to know where my place is in that word. Where do I fit in the prophecy? Oh, hallelujah. And so the Lord began to deal with me, and the Lord took me on this journey uh, in Genesis uh, 18. In Genesis 18, uh, the Lord tells Abraham, uh, there's getting ready to be, uh, there's two cries going up here. Uh, there's two cries and uh, in Genesis 18. Uh, and the Bible says that it opens up the chapter. And in Genesis 18, uh, the very first part of that chapter, the Bible says that Abraham is sitting in his tent in the heat of the day. Uh, it's telling us that Abraham is in the hottest part of the day. It's telling us that quite possibly he's in the hottest part of his trial. Uh, he's in the hottest part. I like it when God puts stuff in his Bible like this because it lets us know that, that uh, you can still be anticipating what God's got for you even though it's in the hottest part of the trial you're in. Oh, maybe I'm just the only one. But I'm thankful God puts stuff like that in his Bible so that when I'm going through the heat of my day and I don't know how I'm going to get out and I don't know how I'm going to make it out, the Bible said God appears to Abraham in the hottest part of the day. And I got news for you. It doesn't matter how hot it is in your trial. I got news for you. God can still show up when it doesn't look look like there's any way to be made. Oh, I wish I had somebody hear what I'm saying right now. I know it looks bad right now. I know it's hot right now in your trial, but I got news for you. God can still show up in the midst of that. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell them God can show up in that. God can show up in that. God can show up in the hottest part of your trial. Don't think God can't show up because I got news for you. I got a word from God in the book of Daniel where three boys was in the hottest furnace they could get in. But the Bible said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar couldn't keep God out. And God showed up in the hottest part of their trial. Oh, I wish I had somebody hear me. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how hot the trial is. I'm going to tell you, God can show up in the midst of that. You don't need out of the trial. You need a revelation of God in the trial. 
you don't need out of it. You need a revelation of God in it. And so the Bible said it's in the hottest part of the day. It's in the heat of the day that God shows up and he appears to Abraham. Now, if you read the text, it tells us and denotes to us that God's not there, uh, as it were, for just to see Abraham. It, it lets us know that he's in the area. He's in the area. And while he's in the he's he's in the vicinity. But he gets close enough to the tent to see if Abraham will see him. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I would like just to propose to you here today. I would like to just stir your mind to let you know that it's very important that you don't get so distracted in the heat of the day. That when God shows up, you miss the appearance. Oh, because I'm going to tell this church something right now. When Abraham, in the heat of the day, Abraham's in the heat of the day, and when he sees God, he says, wait a minute. I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself in the heat of the day. The Bible said he gets up. And he makes his, he makes an effort to entertain the presence of God. Oh, God help us. My brothers and sisters, turn point. This generation must get to the place that no matter how hot it is, we must get to the place that God is still worthy of being waited upon. We've got to know how to entertain his presence no matter how hot it is. No matter what I need, I'm going to give God some praise. I'm going to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody else ought to just give the Lord a little bit of praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you for the 10 of you that give God some praise. But I'm waiting on about 50 or 60 others of you or 100 others of you that are going through a trial and you don't know how you're going to get out and you need God to make an appearance. He's passing by right now. Don't get so distracted that you miss the appearance. And because Abraham availed himself, to be a worshiper and to wait upon the Lord, the Lord says to him then, I'm going to give you a prophecy, Abraham. And he said, the first thing I want you to know, and this is concerning the end time now. He says, uh, it, it, it's a word for us in the end time. He said, the first thing I want you to know, because you decided to wait on me in the heat of the day, when you yourself needed something, when you yourself needed, uh, you know, a word from me, you decided to wait on me. And so now because you did that, I made an appearance to give you a prophecy. Oh, God, hear me. He said, I'm going to prophesy to you, Abraham, that there's a cry getting ready to come up in this tent. Oh, there is a cry getting ready to come up in here. So the first thing I want to tell this end time church, the Lord wants us to know that there's a cry getting ready to come up in this house. There's a cry getting ready to come up in your tabernacle. And the first cry that we're going to hear in the end time, is a cry of new birth. Oh, 
because something's getting ready to cry in our house. I'm talking about stuff you've been waiting on a long time. You're getting ready to hear the cry of that thing. You're getting ready to hear the cry of new birth. Oh, all those prophecies that you haven't given birth to yet. Oh, they're getting ready to come up in here. Oh, I wish somebody give God some praise about that right there. I come to tell you, uh, Turnpoint is getting ready to hear the sound of new birth like it's never heard in its life. I said Turnpoint is about to hear the cry of new birth. There's new babies about ready to be birthed in this church. There's new growth getting ready to come up in this church. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. The church is getting ready to hear a cry. There's a cry getting ready to come up. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if some of y'all have had your second cup of coffee yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's time to get awakened to what's getting ready to be released in your tent. Oh, there's a new, there's a cry of new birth getting ready to happen in your house. I'm talking about stuff you've been waiting on. Abraham's like, I've been waiting on this for 25 years. I'm not going to miss it now. I've been waiting on this a long time. Am I the only one that's been waiting on something for a long time? And you didn't know when it was going to happen? Well, I heard that last year, and I heard that the year before, and I heard that the year before. I can't help how many years you heard it, but Abraham waited 25 years to hear the cry of new birth in his house. Oh, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's going to come to pass. 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 No, look at him and shake him and wake him up and tell him it's going to happen. It's going to happen. God's word don't lie. God is not a liar. Oh, you might be laughing about it today, Sarah. You might be laughing about it today, Sarah. But it ain't going to change the fact that new birth is coming to your tent. I feel a quickening of the Holy Ghost right here. I said, oh, Sarah, you've been laughing about it. You've been actually poking fun about it. But God said, it doesn't matter if you laugh or not, it's going to take place. Sometimes we got to be, sometimes we need to repent for laughing. Sometimes we need to repent for saying stuff against what God said. Well, praise the Lord. Because right in the, right in the midst of you laughing, God said, that's all right, I'm still going to do it. Uh, my word's not going to return to me void. He said, I'll bankrupt my heaven before my word goes out. And he said, so the first cry that's going to happen in this end time, we're going to see and hear, I should say, the cry of new birth. What God has promised will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. And then he says, but there's a second cry I hear. And he says, this second cry, uh, he said, I hear the cry of Sodom. Rather... The original translation says, I hear the outcry of Sodom. What he was saying was, 
is that my ears can no longer be turned off to what I'm hearing down there in Sodom. I hear all the debauchery. I hear all the junk going on. And I can no longer turn my ears off to it. My brothers and sisters, I would propose to you today that the North American church needs an awakening. We need an awakening. We have too many comfortable people in the North American church. We got too many people sitting around, uh, 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 just sitting there, just passing the time off while people are dying of addictions and people are dying of overdoses and people are dying of alcoholism and we got abortions going on all over the place. But because it don't affect me, I'm not going to cry. But I'm going to tell you, God is raising up in our church that will no longer be comfortable hearing the cry oh somebody ought to lift your voice right now and cry out to God in this house your voice up right now and give God and begin to cry out to God God said, I hear the cry of Sodom, and I can no longer turn my ears off to it. My brothers and sisters, the Lord spoke to my spirit, and he said, I raised Moses up. But I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you. Moses lived for 40 years in a palace, numb to the cry of the bondage. He lived for 40 years in that palace. And he was indifferent to the cry. Oh, but I want you to know something awakened that man of God. Something got a hold of Moses' attitude. And I want to tell you it's the same thing that's got to get a hold of us. We've got to come out of our indifference. And we've got to have an awakening. We got to hear the cry. We got to hear the cry. Somebody's got to hear the cry. Who's going to hear the cry of the abused? Well, Brother Wade, it don't affect me, so why would I cry about it? See, that's exactly what the attitude Moses had. For 40 years, that's the attitude he had. He had the attitude, well, it doesn't affect me. It ain't affecting what I do. And I want news for you. That wasn't the first time he had ever heard of bondage. He knew full well about the bondage. He had heard the cries of bondage before. But my brother, I don't know what happened that day. But something awakened Moses that says, I can no longer be inactive to the bondage. And he got stirred up. That's what caused him to kill that Egyptian. It wasn't that he was just a mean person. He got awakened. My brothers and sisters, we've got to wake up to the bondage of our, 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 our people around us. Sorry, y'all. We gotta get awakened. Stop acting like there ain't nothing you can do. God said there is something you can do. You can let out a cry. And when you begin to cry, I'm going down to get them out of bondage. 
Hekata shatakata bashakata hesatoba kashataya. Somebody lift your voice. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I feel the Spirit of God stirring something in here right now. We're plowing through some indifference right now. We're plowing through some indifference. We're plowing through some comfort. Come on, let your voice out one more time. The Lord spoke to me and said there is an awakening of the prophetic coming. The Lord said to me that there is an awakening of prophets that are coming now to the forefront. We're going to see more prophecy and more prophetic than we've ever seen in our lifetime. And they're not coming to prophesy you a new house. And they're not coming to prophesy you a new car. And they're not to... God help me. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen recently on, on media how these people are bringing the nightclub into their church. They're bringing nightclubs into the house of God. That means, to, that tells me we've got to have an awakening. That tells me there's got to be righteousness. We don't need a nightclub in the church. We don't need nobody feeling comfortable. We need God to comfort the afflicted, and we need God to afflict the comfortable. Come on, somebody. I want you to know we got to have somebody. We got to have voices that will cry out because of the bondage. Who are we? Who, who is it that would dare bring the nightclub into the church? Oh God. Who is it that would dare, that would dare soil the righteousness of God by saying it's okay? It's all right. I'm going to tell you all a little secret. Moses could no longer stay indifferent to the bondage. And neither can we. God's getting ready to stir this church up. Well, praise the Lord. God's getting ready to stir this church up. There's getting ready to be a divine irritation come through this house. Oh, God, praise the Lord. Nobody really wants to hear that. They want to hear about comfort and how, how easy God's going to make it. I got news for y'all right now. God's not going to make it easy for you. He's not going to make it easy for you to sit there while people are in bondage. He's not going to make it easy for you just to ignore the bondage anymore, Moses. He's going to irritate your spirit. He's going to irritate us. He's going to irritate us. Well, Brother Wade, I, I thought we was going to have, there wasn't going to be no more warfare. We was going to just coast along. I got news for y'all. I hate to burst your bubble. Hate to be the one to bear it to you on the first Sunday of 2024. But warfare is not going to end. It's going to intensify. You know what God said to You know what you, you God saying to Moses? In essence, he was saying, the only reason I'm, I'm sending you because I've heard the cry of my people. And if God can't stay indifferent, how come we can? Well, praise the Lord. You know we're indifferent. 
you know we have a problem. You know we need to be awakened when we got people that'll spend $250 on a, on a Stanley cup. Okay, praise the Lord. You know, see, bro, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I don't mind Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. I like it. It's good. I mean, I ain't talking about keeping your Christmas tree up three or four months later. Like it. But people decorating for Valentine's Day and Easter. Just keep the tree up. It's time to take the thing down. Put the mug in the attic. Why is your Christmas village still up? Easter time. Oh, God. See, some of y'all looking for the exit right now. We're still trying to get 2022's fudge off of us. Yeah, hallelujah. Trying to get 2022's fudge off of us. I think it's amazing how that Christmas and Thanksgiving come around every year and we get in this cyclical obstruction and we get in the take it easy mode and it takes us three months to get out of it and by the time March gets here we finally decide well we might get involved we might get awakened oh praise God well all right I'd be nervous right now but I know I'm telling the truth. I'm tired of having to wait three months, get out of the Christmas spirit to, to finally get involved with what God's got going on. There has to be an awakening. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be waiting three months. I'm going to just tell you all right now, if we plan to wait till March to get on board with what God's doing, we're going to be backing up. God wants to release a cry. God wants us to release a cry. Well, you can get a, an abortion for $10. Well, hallelujah. Well, you can get an abortion for $10. And pay 250 bucks for a Stanley Cup. We need an awakening. I know we're not running the aisles and shouting and all that. But I'm going to tell you right now. Something's got to get a hold of our spirits. When we got people in our cities. God said the cry of Sodom has come up before me. And I, I cannot, I don't have a choice. I've got to go down there and see what's going on in Sodom to see if it's as bad as they say it is. God said, woe unto you, Bethsaida. Woe unto you, Chorazin. For if the works that had been done in you or Sodom that had been done in you, they would have repented a long time ago. It's going to be more tolerable for Sodom because they didn't have the works you had. 
You don't believe we need an awakening when we can come to the house of God and we're numb to the presence of God? Somebody next to you needs a breakthrough, but we're indifferent to their breakthrough? Because we got our nice car and our nice house. I'm preaching to Bobby Wade now. We got our nice car and our nice house. Got our nice duds on. Not knowing somebody came in this house today with depression tailing them. Where they don't feel like they even matter. Where, they don't, where they're crying and they don't feel like their, word, their voice even is being heard. And God's trying to stir us up to get our minds out of, the, out, of the, out of the mire of this world. And say, if you just look to the right or left of you, there's somebody crying. We need an awakening turn point. Oh, God, throw your hands in the air and pray in the, in the Holy Ghost right Oh, hallelujah. In fact, if it's appropriate, I just want you to reach over and take a hold of somebody's hand next to you and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for them. Uh, there's something going on in their lives. They're, they're, they're experiencing the taskmaster. They need a breakthrough. Their minds are in turmoil. Come on, pray for them like you'd want them to pray for you. Pray for them as if you can hear the bondage. Come on, you are a prophetic people. You are a prophetic people that God is going to stir in this end time. There's going to be a cry of new birth in their house. But God is saying, I also hear another cry. There's another cry coming up in the end time. It's a cry of judgment. I need God to judge my bondage. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray. Come on, we need God to judge that bondage right now. We need God to judge that bondage that's been on their minds, that's been on their emotions. Come on, go ahead and pray. Don't lose this right here. Go ahead, pray. Don't lose this right here. Because somebody, you're, the hand you're holding, they've been going through a battle a long time. They've been in bondage a long time. They've been going through a bondage for a long time. They've been in emotional trauma for a long time. But God said, I'm raising up you, Moses. You can't be qualified to be a deliverer as long as you're indifferent to their bondage, Moses. Oh, God. Oh, God. Touch my brothers. Oh, God. Whatever they're dealing with, whatever is hounding them, whatever bondage they're dealing with, I loose it today in the name of Jesus. The Lord says to let them go. Lord, The Lord says let them go. Come on, make a declaration. Say in the name of Jesus. The Lord says let my people go. Let my people go.
Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You got to let him go. You got to let my people go. You got to let my people go. Let my people go. Let them go. Depression, let my people go. Discouragement, let my people go. Complacency, let my people go. Let them go. You got to let them go. You got to let them go. Anxiety, you got to let my people go. You got to let them go. Oh, worldliness, you got to let them go. You can't hold on to them no more. You got to let them go. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You got to let him go now. You got to let him go now. You got to let him go. You can't hold on to him no more. You must let them go now. They've been in that prison too long. They've been in that bondage too long. Does somebody else hear what God hears? Come on, turn point. Come on, turn point. Come on, turn point. Don't you know that's what stirred Nehemiah up? Don't you know that's what stirred Nehemiah up? When he heard that the walls were broken down, he said, I can't sit here. I can't have a good attitude. I can't be smiling. What's wrong with you, Nehemiah? I hear something. Oh, Brother Wade, I'm waiting for what's next. This is what's next right here. This is what God wants to do in this service right here. God has took over. God is wanting to get his people engaged. This is what God wants right here, right now. Don't be waiting for the next part of the service. This is it. God is saying, the reason, I'm going to tell you all something. Please don't take this rudely. But the reason why some of us are not moving is because we're still indifferent. But oh, if you had been going through the bondage like somebody else sitting next to you is going through, you would be crying out. I just want to bless him. I just want to be blessed. I just want to get blessed. I just want another blessing. The greatest blessing that God could give you, the greatest blessing that God could ever give you was to awaken you from your indifference. 
the greatest thing God could ever do for you is to awaken you from your mediocrity. The greatest thing that God could ever do for you is to let you hear the cry of somebody else's bondage. The greatest thing that God could ever do for you is to open your ears. The greatest thing that God could ever do for you is to awaken you. Uh, you really want a blessing? Then I'll ask, then ask God to awaken your spirit to what he hears. Do you hear it, Moses? I don't know why it took you 40 years, Moses. I don't know why it took Moses 40 years. But it, it took him 40 years. God said, I can do this for you in four minutes. God said, I can do this for you in four minutes. I can open your ears in just a moment. Our cry for 2024 shouldn't be more stuff. Our cry for 2024 shouldn't be more stuff. Our cry for 2024 should be, I want to hear like I've never heard. I want to see what I've never seen. I want to touch what I've never touched. I want to walk where I've never walked. I'm going to tell you right now, we need to surrender our five senses to God right now. We need to surrender our touch, our taste, our smell, our seeing, and our hearing. We need to surrender them to God. We got them all surrendered to everything else in this world but God. And we need to surrender our emotions to God right now. Our emotions are given to all kinds of other stuff. But God said, if you'll surrender your emotions to me, I can work on your emotions. I can move on your emotions to be moved upon those things which matter. Our problem, our problem is, while you're standing, I'm closing. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Last week on the way to the airport. Last week on the way to the airport. The Lord gave me a word. The word of the Lord said, are you yet indifferent to the bondage of my people? Are your ears dull to the cries that I hear? Do your eyes not see what my eyes see? For behold, I, the Lord, will begin to remove the indifference. I shall strip away the dullness of your ears. I will remove the scales from your eyes that you may see. For until I do this, and unless this is accomplished, the people will remain even as they are. The Lord said, 
If I don't strip away the indifference, the Lord said, if I don't take the dullness off their ears and I don't remove the scales from the eyes of my people, there'll be no hope for people to come out of their bondage. The people will remain even as they are. Father, I ask that you send an awakening to the North American church. I ask that you awaken us out of our mediocrity. I ask that you awaken us out of our lethargy. I ask, Lord, that you would confront it. Lord, there's a cry going up out of our neighborhoods. Somebody's crying out. Would you please judge my bondage? Well, Brother Wade, it doesn't affect me very much. You know something, sis? This very day, this very day, I heard a testimony this very day. of a woman and her family of a woman and her family that was in the world their whole family was laid face down on the ground with gunmen standing over them going to execute them. I heard it this very day. And they're laying there with, with, with paraphernalia all through their house. Oh, I know. I know. To you, that's just a people that's made a bad decision. They made a bad decision. It was their fault that got them where they were. See, I'm going to tell you something. This is the problem that we have when we start acting like we ain't ever done anything dumb. And God got us out. They were laid face down on the ground with the guns to the back of their heads. Their children being tormented. A whole family. 
as they was getting ready to pull the trigger and execute that family, the woman cries out, God, if you're real, please help me. That's the cry that's going up in Groveport today. That's the cry that's going up in your neighborhood right now. Would somebody hear my bondage? Does somebody even hear? And she said that when she prayed that prayer, she turned around and looked up and what she did, the gunmen were running out of the house. Don't think we need to cry. You don't think we need to wake up. Somebody's in a drug house right now. Somebody. If we don't get a hold of God, somebody's mama's going to get that call. Your baby's gone. I know. I don't know about you, Turn Point, but my heart's being stirred. That's what you want. I want you to lift your hand.